Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Green Room Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Colin Mitchell. Colin, deck down your North Texas gear. How you like today? It's like half my closet. So yeah, you know, it's yeah. You have like five shirts in your closet. And three of them are North Texas. Listen, when you work from home and you don't have to like go out, you just wear you wear what you get for free. And honestly, yeah. But even when even when you did go out, you still wore the same shirts. So it didn't it didn't change. Nothing All changed. Right. Well, there you go. Anyways, we are joined once again by Reed Smith of Mingreen 24-7 NT Daily. Uh, Reed, how are you? I'm pretty good, getting over a little bit of an illness, but other than that, I'm decent. I thought you were going to say hangover. I was, like, <laughs> no. I was like, oh man, okay. What's just a going Wednesday right afternoon? It. Come on. That's usually, that's usually <laughs> Colin's department. We usually leave that for him. <laughs> what? Oh, um, <laughs> um, anyways, uh, Reed just got back from three hours at uh, North Texas. Uh, fall camp, fall practice, whatever you want to call it. And he's going to recite every single play to us and everything that happened over the last three hours. So read. um, (laughs) You said if you're listening. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Read how how was practice today? And just in the past, I mean, well, it's been like a week or so since we talked to you last. Um, It's been like a week and a half. Not much has changed. Pretty much the exact same thing last week and a half. Uh, I said it uh, last time I was on. The defense is pretty much set. The offense had that question at quarterback, which isn't really a question anymore. It's more of a we're just waiting for the official announcement type thing. Yeah. With Ani. So it's about it, really. Yeah. So that's Ani's job. So we don't have as much quarterback talk to um to get to here. Again, the whole thing over the offseason and the reason why I came on this podcast yelling was why are you bringing on JD Head and Stone Earl when you already have Reuter? and Ani and um you know just at adding more quarterbacks to the room when Ani apparently is going to be the guy doesn't make a ton of sense to me um but let's see what else off um offensively uh I watched your um you went on Sonoy's show um I did. show shout out Sonoy love Sonoy um Christian Lee is a guy who I've, I've heard a little some good things about and we followed him in recruiting um obviously when he was a recruit and you know I was mid three-star guy pretty highly rated uh what do you see from him this this fall he's athletic i i think that the top two tight ends on the team or on the depth are still going to be jake roberts and asher alberting but christian lee's athletic obviously is a wide receiver transferring it or not transferring in but um moving to tight end rather you know he's athletic he's quick he's got deceptive quickness really off the line he's been one of those guys that you know Probably will not start this season, yeah. but you know it's a it's a guy to keep your eye on in the future. Okay. Um, and as far as style goes, and I'm not going to ask for the exact play types, but <clears throat> you watched them last year. Last year they had to be a, a run heavy team. Yeah. And something that I've been real curious about is, does it feel like even though they have these receivers back, and even though you have Ani back, pass game should be okay. Does it feel like they're still going to be a run first team? It does. And I and I think with the depth that that running back room has, it kind of has to be one of those run first teams. You can't have Oscar Adway, Isaiah Johnson, and uh, Akaika Ragsdale on an offense and, and not use them pretty often. And, you know, if, if Ani is the guy going forward, which it, it appears that he is at, at the moment, you know, this is a guy that, 
that finished bottom 10 in passer efficiency last season. Completion percentage, and, all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's it's not someone that I, I don't think that North Texas wants particularly throwing the ball all that much. So I still think it's going to be a run first offense just based on first looks. But if Ani, you know, can use the new weapons he's got on offense in that receiving room with Neville Macklin and the returning Tommy Bush, then maybe you do see him throw a little bit more, but it's still a run first offense. Speaking of, speaking of those uh, receivers, uh, how is Tommy Bush looking? I mean, obviously he was injured in the second game of last year. I mean, is he, is he looking, is he looking like what we thought Tommy Bush would be? He's looking healthy. Yeah. And he's one of those guys that can be a deep threat or a short threat with his, with his length. And, you know, for a, a t- lankier guy, you know, yeah. he he um is pretty effective in, in a number of ways. And, yeah, it was a question going into fall camp that will Tommy Bush be 100% healthy? Will he look like that guy that we that we got kind of a taste of last year uh, yeah. before his injury at SMU? And, and to me, he definitely seems like, you know, like you said, he's going to be that guy. I'll I'll shoot Austin on a little bit of bail for last year, which I haven't done much of. But yeah. <clears throat> their leading receiver was Rod Burns, right? Yeah. And this is what we've continued to say is Rod Burns, very, very talented player, good guy, all everything you want from a receiver there. But there was a reason he was a walk on at one point, right? Yeah, like he was yeah. not he's not Tommy Bush who went to Georgia. He's not Jair Shorter, you know, coming in here. He, he's a good player. Now, Austin, and there were times last year where it felt like even if Austin Ani had time and even if Austin Ani made the throw, the receivers weren't getting the separation you needed, right? Because yeah. you just didn't have the depth at receiver and you didn't have the talent, to be frank, at the receiver position. You add Bush, you, you get short. I mean, you get Bush and shorter back. You add Macklin. I mean, those three alone, in theory, should give you some big play ability where last year they didn't have any. And that was the thing for me was Austin Ani, like, yes, that he, he was not good. For a lot of the season but then they had to turn to the run game but even when like a play action pass or something there was nothing down the field where you're like okay this guy's gonna take the top off the defense or this guy's gonna make that great play and so that's why when i asked is this still gonna be a running um attack for the most part with an offense i i could see it still being a run first offense the difference and with this what we hope right this is the hope 10 days out from game day is that you can turn one of those running plays into a play action, into some something off of that where the pass game can actually do something. And then you, we say, okay, Austin, just make the throw to an open receiver instead of having to make a throw to a contested receiver. What what do you think about, about that assessment, Reed? I think that's a valid assessment. And like you said, explosiveness has been something that um, North Texas has been lacking, really, in, in the last two seasons, especially in the receiver uh, core. Um I think that, you know, even looking at, at some of these plays and scrimmages and at practices, that explosiveness can be back. I know I've seen Austin Ani make downfield throws to, you know, Bush at last week in the in the scrimmage. And then at practice you see, you know, different different guys kind of making big plays. And that's something that, you know, at North Texas the last two years, like you said, you haven't really seen. And, you know, some of that could have been that, you know, half of the receiving core was injured or in prison last year, or not in prison, but arrested last year. <laughs> so, you know, it's one of the, oh, yes. it's certainly oh, um, yeah. one of those oh, things that, that uh, the team is focusing on uh, on improving that explosiveness. Yeah. Um, 
let's let's talk some defense. Let's talk some defense while while we All have right. you here. Um, heard about Steve Filiota. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be he's gonna be good. Tom Treeb, already talked yeah. about him. He's gonna be good. Um, when when you get to, and you've said the the defense is pretty much set in stone, right? As far as like starters go, like yeah. it's been the same starters yeah. every single time. Yeah. Um, the two safety positions. Who do you have at those two starting safety positions? Keelan Crosby and Sean Thomas Faulkner. Okay, you Sean Thomas Faulkner. I got to update my roster over here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we probably should should traded notes beforehand, but yes, all right. Let me yeah. put that over there. Okay, and how's how's Sean Thomas Faulkner look? Because we saw him in that uh, Eagle position a lot last year. Yeah, he's um, looked pretty decent. You know, uh, Sean's always been a pretty smart guy on defense. I mean, he's from the Citadel. You got to be pretty smart to come from the Citadel. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, he he's looked much improved from last season. I would say. I mean, he got he didn't get a huge opportunity last season until final six games, but he's he's looked decent. I mean, it's hard to replace Mikael Sanders, but Sean Thomas has looked decently okay. Yeah, Uh, nothing jumps out at you. What about uh, we? I know we last time we talked to you, we talked about you know Deshaun Gaddy and, and the corners a little bit. How is that? How have they kind of looked? Because obviously the last few seasons it's kind of been tough. You know they get new guys and then you have guys leave. So how how does that kind of look? You know the corners look decent. Uh, it's it's hard to really you know tell how, how they're going to do with different, um, especially playing different teams and stuff. You know against the first team defense or offense, it, it's you see them going against the the twos a lot and the mm-hmm. first team defense going against the second team offense. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, to um really gather exactly. Um, yeah. How productive the player is going to be uh, yeah. until you get into the season. I think Deshaun Gaddy uh, probably will be solid. You know, he's, he's, you know, the, I'm getting a notification here, just checking if it's important news, but um, <laughs> nothing kinda, more important uh, than this podcast. But huh? <laughs> I said nothing more important than this podcast. I'm sorry, so. I'm sorry, no. but yeah, uh, Deshaun Gaddy is is going to be that veteran guy on defensive back, and from what I've seen, he's looking like that, just right. solid. Last two questions before we get you out: um, Is there a position battle at any position other than the quarterback position that is still in the air at this point? Or is everything everything else is like running back? Um, I don't even know what else there could be. Offensive line set, tight end set, everything's set except for the quarterback position, which is pretty much set. I think from what I saw today, everything is pretty much set. And the quarterback battle, whatever you want to call it, has also been cut down to two, is what Coach Blesh told us after the after practice today. It's gonna be Gunnell and Ani. I think mean, we already knew that, yeah. but to officially hear that it's going to be, you know, Ani backup starter, and could that be a kind of Ruder starts and then Ani takes over weeks five thing again? Yeah, we'll see. But last yeah. question I have. Gotcha. And this this is kind of a more challenging one, but I I, I know you can handle it here. Is well, give me an underrated storyline for the, either this team, this offense, this defense, a player, uh, something something that you think is not being talked enough by by us media folk an underrated storyline you know like is it like oh go ahead sorry i cut you off i'm trying to i'm trying to think a little yeah, bit yeah I'll, um, I'll, I'll throw some out randomly while, while you're going here like gotcha. could this defensive line be as good as last year's like could the offensive line actually be like elite be, with all these players like could um 
I don't know. Is there a player or anything that's that stands out like that guy could be an all conference player? Um, is there anything I, like that? I mean, I, I've already mentioned it before. I think Sifa Leota is going to be one of those all conference players. I, I think from one of the from what I've seen at practice and just the pure size of the guy. I'm six two. He towers me. I, he's probably six three, six four. Um, I, I'll have to check what he's listed. Just a real athletic guy. I think he could be one of those all-conference dogs. And I think that that Brett wrote something about Oscar Attaway. Um, Brett Vito wrote mm-hmm. something about Oscar Attaway. But it still feels like a little bit like his return to the team is uh, is a much bigger thing than, than everyone is kind of leading on. And then on the coaching staff, per se, I mean, Mike Blesh uh, being – having an offensive line uh, – Coach. You know, yeah, kind of yeah, that kind of culture that um, I'm trying to figure out the word that background. Yeah, I think that him also being the quarterbacks coach is kind of not talked about a lot. But it, from talking to the quarterbacks for the first time this fall, we got to talk to quarterbacks today. They have learned a lot from from Coach Blesh. Just they said that they they learned blocking schemes. They know what the offensive line is doing now and. Something that Ani said that kind of stuck out to me was a little bit. He said, "Before I felt like I was just playing ball. Now I kind of know what's going on." <laughs> so that is that's the is guy who's almost thirty. That's crazy. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so that was pretty interesting. But yeah, I think right. those three things I said are pretty much sum it all up there. Okay. All right. All right. That was great. Um, well, we'll let you go. We'll let you get back to work, uh, check any important notifications, and uh, <laughs> kind of go from there. But we appreciate you coming on, Reed, as always. All right. I appreciate it. You're always nice right, coming man. on. For sure. Yeah. See you. All right. So let me fix the banner here, and we'll get continue. I'm on. ready to go. I'm ready to go. All right, Colin. Um, based off everything we just heard over the last 13 minutes, uh, where, where are you at with this team? If I hear one more thing about quarterbacks – and there being a competition. I don't care if it's fictitious. I don't care if it's real. I don't care. I don't care. You either this is I'm um, this is where I'm at now. I used to be a huge Austin Ani supporter. Still am, you know, still am. But you still have the jersey. I don't that'd be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be crazy. No, but we're sitting here. Uh he's he was the backup to Mason, right? How long ago was that? Three Wait. three years. Almost, yeah. Maybe four. I don't I don't know. Anyway, no, 2019. 20 okay, so three years. So we're three seasons past that. He was the backup for him. And we're bringing in all these quarterbacks. You got Grant Gunnell. You got Jace Reuter, who we thought was going to be really good. We had a uh, J.D. Jordan, the, oh, the left, Jason the, Bean. The left, Jason Bean, the left-hander that left, never played. Uh, oh, Armani Gil- Gilmore. Armani Am- Gilmore. Like, we're bringing in all these guys who we think have promise, whatever, whatever, whatever. And either, like, okay, this is how I want to word it. How much better is Osnani than those guys? when they're really young and he's about to turn 30 and I don't know exactly his age, he could be 28 or whatever. No, but what yeah, I'm saying like is 30. Like, is he actually 30 and I'm 29 or 30? Yeah. So, so you're bringing all these young guys, you're going five, six deep, some seasons, Bryce Drummond too. And we're sitting here, Jace Reuter apparently just isn't even in the running for a second or third string. You have uh, Amani Gilmore gone, Jason Bean gone and flourished at Kansas last year. So we have all of these young dudes that keep coming in, keep coming in, keep coming in and leaving or switching positions. Will Keane, there's another one Will Keane, yeah. Um, And we're still starting Austinani. And that's fine if he's the best quarterback. I mean, that's I get it. But how much better is he to where you got to 
put him above some guy that could possibly come in and be uh, the next level. You know what I mean? Grant Gano, in theory, has the highest upside. And I again, I, I don't like talking upside with North Texas quarterbacks in particular because I said Jace Ruder had the highest upside, and I probably did. But this gets to a point that we've mentioned for the past two years since Mason Fine left. It's not about the talent you have at quarterback. It's about the development of the quarterback. Right. And since Mason Fine, and you could argue Mason Fine is the outlier here, there has been very little quarterback development across the board at North Texas. You go through all the quarterbacks you just named. Amani Gilmore was at Kentucky. Like he was a he was the second string at Kentucky, pretty much. Grant Gannell, Arizona, like Memphis, like this is a legitimate guy. Jace Ruder, North Carolina, four star guy. You have the talent is there as a coaching staff and as a head coach and as a quarterback's coach, all, all this stuff. And maybe having blessed as the quarterback's coach changes something, but they have not been able to develop quarterbacks at any level. Bryce Drummond, Will Keeney. These are four star. These are three star dudes here. You that are can play. They haven't panned out. And so that's why Austin Arnie continues to win this job. It's because, and again, this is just me looking on the outside now. I'm not in there anymore. We're not in there anymore. From the outside, the last two years, it's been Austin Ani is the default because they cannot coach these other guys up to be better than him. And Austin Ani is 28, 29 years old, and so he's just better at this yeah. point. Like, yeah. and and he's not even he had completed 52 percent of his passes yeah. last year. Yeah, and and but this and isn't just... even a dude. <laughs> and they can't beat him. They can't beat Austin Ani. So. And I, I think we Frank talked Pinnell, about Jace Ruder, Monty Good, Gilmore, Will Keeney, Bryce Drummond, JD Head, Stone Earl. Look at everybody I just named. Yeah. You can't beat Austin Ani. And I don't think it's their fault. I, I think agree. It comes down to a coaching thing of quarterback development. Okay. Sorry. You you got a little you got a little heated there. Anyways, what I was gonna yes. say is you know, during the last, I guess, actual uh competition, it was Jason Bean and Austin, right? The, the where they yeah. kept switching back and forth. Uh Jason Bean that year, he had six touchdowns, six interceptions on 181 attempts, 56% completion percentage. At Kansas last year, he had 15 interceptions, but 23 touchdowns, had 2,500 yards, one uh 56% completion percentage still, but he he doubles his production. At a, at a did school, you, did you include his rushing stats? Uh, I can't find. Oh, rushing stats right here. Rushing stats. So at North Texas, he had 346 yards on 56 attempts. Kansas, he had 402 yards on 92 attempts. Yeah. Okay. So he's still running. Way. They're still using yeah. him as a running guy. He's not probably having those. Yeah. He. Oh, yes, he did. He did have a 66 yard run. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, they're developing a guy that you know we thought at the time was the clear uh, inferior player. To Austin Ani. You know, I mean, I, we both did, I think, at that time. We said Austin yeah. Ani's a better passer. You know, Austin Ani can still scramble if he needs to. And, you know, they're going to have a better chance of winning with Austin. Now you have a guy leave, goes to Kansas, flourishes, for lack of a better term, at a school that, you know, is probably not in as good of a position as... A punching bag in the Big 12. Exactly, yeah. a punching bag. And here we are, Austin Ani, two years later, going, all right, who's the next Who's the next man up to try to come take this job? And I don't <laughs> think it's... And like you said, it's not a knock on Austin, like... Austin's just here, right? Like he's doing his thing. It's yeah. an it's a knock on, like you said, the quarterback development because it's it's different if you have two or three guys coming in and they don't pan out. But at this point, it's what I mean, one, two, three. Like yeah, well, you have five right now, and you lost three or four. So you're almost yeah. to ten guys. I mean, 
it, it it's like it's like we 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 have to and i don't and this is what it feels like it's as though austin ani is this like heavyweight champion that like nobody can take down you're just like He's bring, him on. bring him on the record <laughs> is like eight yeah he has like an eight no record right now like who's next like grant Gannell, bring him on nine and oh and it's like He's he's not he's not he's not this this like elite guy he's not a top one hundred quarterback in the country. Yeah, yeah, I said it. It's it's go to any rankings uh, that have ranked quarterbacks. They have they don't have Austin on his top one hundred quarterback because how could you if you look at his stats and you watch him play last year? Again, I shot him a little bit of bail while Reed was here. The receivers were not good last year. They weren't, yeah. and that was because of injury, right? That's not nothing Latrell or other uh, flesh can control, but. If the if the receivers can create some separation, if they can play this year, Austin Ani has to be better than what 53, 54% completion percent, whatever he was through last year. Like he just has to be because I, I love the running game. It's great. But at the end of the day, your ceiling is significantly lower if you can't throw the ball. Well, and to be devil's advocate here, we're talking about them not being able to coach up young talent. I mean, how much has Austin Ani's career kind of faltered because of that same thing? You know what I mean? It's I mean we haven't seen really seen improvement uh, in terms of a numbers sense since he's started, and it's just been the same thing every year. He he can't he's not that accurate. He can throw deep, but that's pretty much it. He has yeah. really weird decision making. I mean that's it's been the same knocks every year since he started. So I mean we could who who knows how good he could be anywhere else. So it's interesting that we we keep bringing it up. You know the young talent, the young talent, but also Austin I think is also still a part of this, to where it's like he could just be the guy that came in with the most the most polished just because of his age, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's definitely, man, we, we still found a way to talk quarterback for 10 I minutes. Do. Well, I, when it, when it were with, cause I was reading a read story and I was like, Grant Gunnell, huh? Jace Ruder ain't even mentioned. We, we got dudes who we, dude came and left basically. I mean, he's still there. He's still a quarterback, but like Case and Martin, Case and Martin, tight end, <laughs> tight end, Case and Martin, 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 the tight end, uh, Bryce Drummond, the linebacker. Yeah. It just uh if I was these, if I was these quarterback recruits, like what was that? If I was these quarterback recruits okay. and I come in and I go, like I don't know how the decision comes to be, but it's like we're gonna move you to linebacker, and they're just like, Well, I want to be quarterback. Well, I think you'd be a better linebacker, I think you'd be a better tight end, or I think you'd be a better whatever, you know what I mean? Like I mean, again, I why did Casey Martin stay on as long as he did? I don't know. Why are quarterbacks happy changing positions? Why did Armani Gilmore stay as long as he did? I don't know. It's yeah. just like I, I don't I think the culture at North Texas is really good. I'll give them I that. Like I, I think the players like actually get along with everybody and actually like like the coaching staff. Like I think there's a really, really good foundation there, which showed last year in them winning five straight games to close the season. You don't do that. You don't go from one and six to six and six. Yep. Unless if you have a really strong locker room. And so you have to give Latrell all the credit in the world for that and for figuring out that, hey, we can't throw the ball anymore. We're gonna run the ball fifty times a game and just bludgeon people a hundred times so that you know you have to give them credit for that but the ceiling is lower if you can't throw the ball here so that's what the hope is and that's why we were hoping maybe Ganell or somebody else would emerge here but it just hasn't happened so that's why the questions are uh warranted at this point shout out quarterbacks right. honestly all right um we're 10 days from north texas versus utep colin yep i'm not gonna ask for a prediction however say, 10, 10 days is kind of crazy However, I did tweet out that I was looking at the under. Um, I know you don't get into sports gambling very much, but um, well, it's illegal here, so it's it is 
it is illegal over there. Um, you know, it is what you make it, I guess I'll say. It um, is what you make it. <laughs> um, but anyways, here in Louisiana, we're having a great time uh, looking at stuff. The over-under is at 55 and a half or at 55, depending on where you look at it. And I think just looking at that and as a talking point instead of like a gambling, you know, point more than anything. But I was looking at the under and it kind of ties into the Austin thing. But also it gives us a little bit of a preview for UTEP real quick because UTEP did lose Jacob Cowing, uh, their star receiver. They're a lot. They don't have as much potential potency on the outside yeah. at receiver. Um so this could be two teams that maybe run the ball more, uh, that maybe aren't as explosive. And I think North Texas, even in this first game, even if by game two or three, um, like SMU or something, they start to open up the playbook a little bit more. I think week one, we see them just kind of, I don't want to say play it safe, but they're going to run the ball first. Like, I think yeah. this is going to be a run first team Agreed. against UTEP specifically. And for that reason, I, I'm looking at the under there pretty pretty heavily at this point north texas oh. is also a one-point favorite uh for those who are interested in that yeah that's legally. what i was looking at <laughs> legally of well, let's let's just since it's legal where you are what'd you bet you going on i haven't i haven't i haven't bet it yet but that's we, gotta what I'm, Bernie, I'm, we gotta have a bernie's bet section where it's like bernie's bets all right we need yeah. a whole new background actually whenever that happens just like fireworks in the looks background like, yeah it looks like like margaritaville and shreveport <laughs> anyways uh <laughs> That was a good time. I, it was. Uh, For some legal, of us, more than others. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, like you said, the over-under is 55. It's also going to be really hot. And I think <laughs> that dudes are about to get, like... It's true. Like, this, this could point. be a disgusting game. It's a good point. So, good point. I, th- like, I agree. Think about, think about what has to hit for 56. And that's how, like, as, you know, a gambler... It's got to be... It's got to um, be which... In my eyes, I'm, I don't gamble. Which team just gives up from the heat? <laughs> who collapsed like, first yeah it's gonna, it's gonna be i feel like it's gonna be like seven seven like even through this probably into half or some something dumb and then it's just gonna be like one team comes out from that air conditioning they get the headache they're not used yeah. to it then boom just doors blown open that actually happened to me at a tennis tournament when i was younger uh it was very hot outside and i won my first match or two and then i had like a couple hour break we go to the car air conditioning take a nap in the air conditioning come yeah. back out killed i destroyed got i got destroyed so anyways let that be a lesson don't turn the air conditioning off Seth, um, if you're listening, don't, don't yeah, turn the don't, air conditioning on no nope, make just, your put a sauna out there honestly, honestly. yeah just put a little tent up and <laughs> a just, black tent get some get some uh get some garbage tent. bags and just wear them <laughs> yeah there you go um but yeah, that's that's how I'm looking at the over under there for those interested. I'm um, looking at the under. I'm not touching the game. I don't know as much as I want to say, and I don't remember who it was. Um, I believe it was Cyrus uh, used to write for SB Nation, I think, uh, or Underdog Dynasty. He said he expects UTEP to have a significant regression to the mean, which I think is ex- un- understandable for a team that I think won seven games last year. Like that's by far the best season UTEP has had in years on years yeah and they lost four of their last five so yeah i mean i think that's looking at it from that perspective north texas should have more talent north texas should have more continuity right north texas across the board even if you look at their income the freshman class like it's a good class colon Ferrar, go down the list of players it's a good class if they should be able to win this game on yeah. paper 
the the thing is and why i'm always scared to talk and bet north texas is that you just can't look at this team on paper and predict anything like a lot of times especially on a road game at utep where utep is trying to sell the damn venue out Fifty-one thousand people according to espn like, like that's the capacity obviously yeah i don't know they're trying to get like 30 40 000 people there i'm like okay if that happens i'm a little scared i'm yeah. a little scared so well quick um, question for you back to the back to what we had talked about last podcast or i guess two podcasts ago is this a must-win game i'm talking myself into north texas colin so um i'm talking myself into them winning this game you're yeah. never you're never the one to talk talk yourself into something. It's usually you talk me into something. So yeah, um, I do think it's a must win game for the purpose of again winning seven games this year. Right, that's the whole purpose. Win seven games. I don't want to put a hashtag on it yet, but that what was hashtag, the hashtag? This uh, is it. Yeah, we had this is it. I thought we had one the year after that, but it was really sad or something like that. Oh, I, I think know. we were gonna put it out, and then we were like, "This is not good." That yeah, I don't remember. But anyways, that was then. Like, this is now it's like you need seven wins all right yeah. how do you get to seven you have to beat utep because while i don't think anybody outside of smu on this roster is like dominant in uab like it's smu and uab are the clear cut best teams on this schedule yeah you still do have memphis you still do have utsa and western kentucky um and that's five right there and fau that's six right that's six tough games so I think you got to beat Utah to get to seven and you kind of go from there. So we'll see how all that plays out. Anything else? Um, I do want to do a podcast. I want to do two podcasts before the game. One I want to do. Well, this will kind of maybe get read on for like some final thoughts, whatever. And then I want to do a, our own prop bets. So well, like, like our, that. Own, our own over unders. I stuff like, that. like that. And then we can keep a tally going throughout the year. Or something like that. All right. Yeah, I'm like definitely gonna winning. win this. I'm definitely winning these okay. because you're gonna be too numbers focused, and I'm gonna be in North Texas this, is too unpredictable. So this is how we'll do it, or we'll do something along the lines of like I'll say DeAndre Torrey 58 rushing yards or something, and I'll and you get the first. DeAndre Torrey still on the team? No, 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 no. He's not. Like God, I think he's seven. playing for the Jets now or something like that. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure he's no. I'm pretty sure he's it was like just a, it was just a hypothetical, Colin. It was just a hypothetical. <laughs> Um, but anyways, um, yeah, we'll do that. Have some fun with that. And uh, we'll get real one more time and then we'll do a, um, final predictions one, a couple days before the game season predictions, game predictions, all that stuff. Maybe take some Q and a questions as well. And that like will it. be that. All right, good. I'm glad you like it. Coming up with stuff on the spot. Very good. All right. That's all we have for y'all today. We hope y'all enjoyed the episode. Uh, I'm Matthew Bruni, Colin Mitch. Y'all know who we are. Uh, follow us on Twitter. Um, right there right there uh follow us on youtube uh or subscribe on youtube comment share all that stuff if you're facebook, watching i gotta get better at this this has got to be this has got to be better than the, the facebook facebook the spotify, the spotify uh the app or anywhere anywhere, anywhere basically probably anywhere uh but yeah check all that out we appreciate y'all for joining us and we'll talk to y'all later